Uh, um, <laughs> you do this every day and you still don't know what the first noise should be when you press that red button, the record button. It's fucking hilarious. It's really hilarious. So I just scream sometimes. That's how I get the fucking engine going. That's my on button. Go, ah, ah. Tuesday. I like Tuesdays. I feel like, and I, it's just, maybe I'm, I'm being short-sighted. I'm just thinking feelingly. I'm thinking about how I'm feeling today. Uh, I feel pretty good today. I feel pretty confident. There is no external force that is giving me that confidence. I didn't check my bank account and all of a goddamn sudden there's $2 million in there. That's not the feeling. I just feel within a great sense of confidence. Uh, and, and that's a special thing for a guy like me because I'm on, on, a, on a regular day, on an average day, I'm a pretty arrogant son of a bitch. I'm a pretty arrogant son of a bitch. I want to I wanna give the credit to Tuesday. I want to give the credit to Tuesday. I think Tuesday is my most confident day. I think Monday... I don't really have a problem with Mondays. I think everybody puts a lot of pressure on Mondays. They try to act like Monday is the day that you start your week. There's this argument I see circulating online where people are like, is Sunday the day you start your week or is Monday the day you start your week? I'm like, it doesn't... I mean, what the fuck are we talking about here? What the fuck are we... I'm not that type of personality needs to organize things in such a rigid time frame. You know what I mean? I'm more of an obsessive lunatic. I'm going to let some light in the goddamn room. Un momentito. That was not a sound effect. That was me opening up the blinds. Um, I have more of an obsessive personality. And so when like I'm, I'm, I get into something, it's not really like a, you know, I got to do this for a week or a month. Blah, blah, blah. That helps to kind of organize the brain. I get it. Necessary organization, blah, 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 the type of person that I am. I like to go fucking zero to 100 real quick, bitch. And so, I mean, Mondays are not that, it's not that heavy of a day for me. It's just a Monday. It's just a fucking Monday. I do believe because of the structure that is so heavily embedded into the way that society runs, if you're thinking in terms of a work week, if you're thinking in terms of school week, if you're thinking in terms of television programming, media, when people go out and they fucking let their demons roam, whatever city they're fucking dwelling in, right? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That structure does influence the way that I look at a Monday. And so I believe that Mondays are important to attack so that you have a great start for the week. But I don't give it a lot of weight. Tuesdays, for whatever reason, I feel like extremely confident on a Tuesday. Is this psychosomatic behavior? Is this an anticipation for the pendulum swing downward for hump day, for tomorrow, Wednesday, the day that everybody hates? Where it seems like, uh, ironically, the most mundane day of the week, the middle day of the goddamn week. That's when all events happen for whatever reason. Very strange. I think I was born on a Wednesday. I'm important, right? Aren't I? Um, being born on a fucking Wednesday. Jesus Christ. My poor mother. Um, she's poor, but you know what I mean. Uh, 
My mom, my mom, my mom, my mom did something fucking hilarious today. She texted me. You know, people do this and I want to believe that she is unknowingly doing this, but I think she's knowingly doing it. I think she's aware of who she is and what she does uh, by now. I'm pretty sure. And um, she does this thing where she'll have like an emotion that I guess is overwhelming to her. And she would go and pick somebody. Once again, I, I want to believe this is a subconscious behavior. I don't think it's so malicious. I don't think it's tactful. I don't think it's like a fucking chess move. But it is a habit. And I've noticed it. She'll go and pick somebody and try to download whatever negative emotion <laughs> or bad vibration she's experiencing onto another fucking human being. And so I have to be very careful because when people have these, once again, in this explanation, I'm going to consider this to be an unconscious behavior. I'm going to consider that she needs to go do some self-work or she needs some therapy, that she's not aware of it, even though she might be. Uh, with that consideration, uh, I try to tread lightly because what you don't want to do when somebody's being a fucking asshole, <laughs> you don't want to send them into a tailspin because especially if they're doing it unknowingly, they're just going to take it out on themselves. And once that cycle is done, people can only hurt themselves for so long. If they're not going to fucking kill themselves, they will take that anger and that depression or that negativity and they'll point it at somebody else. Um, and no, I don't think my mother's in a place in her life where she's like, it's like her fucking rock bottom or anything like that. It's just people don't know how to process initial emotions. They may feel hurt. They may feel um, pain. They may feel fear. I think in this case, my mother was fearful. She texts me, not, hey, I love you. Hey, I know everything's going on. Uh, everything on your side is going well. Hey, I'm proud. No, it's none of these things. My mom wants to download her fear. And if it's not working, she'll try to drill it in. <laughs> she texts me. I had a dream that one of your friends called me and I don't think it was good news. And immediately, you know, any person has a decent relationship with their mother um, or anybody who has faith that their mother is a clairvoyant uh, would consider... <laughs> Their mother's emotions or that mothering intuition and, you know, try to anticipate maybe something bad happening or have a conversation to dissect what that person was processing in that brain that would cause them to have that dream. And it would be like a mature conversation. But I know my mommy and I know what she was trying to do like that immediately. That sentence just it, the alarms went off in my brain. and I knew immediately I was like, oh, she's trying to download her fear or her anxiety on me. And she's going to try really hard. So I test out the fucking waters. I respond to her and I say, um, oh, wow. Hopefully it was good news. <laughs> and that is the, you know what I'm saying? That's testing. That's dipping your toe in the water. And if she keeps on going hard, then I know she's just trying to download her shit on me. Whether she's aware of it or not, I see what's happening. And I don't have to accept it. And I was correct and dipping my toe in the water instead of saying, oh my God, is everything okay? Should I be worried? What are you feeling? And engaging and getting to that level of strange emotion that she was at. I just go and I, I make it playful. And I say to her, hey, um, hopefully it was good news what you what you heard in your dream. She says, no, I don't. I, unfortunately, you know, I don't think it was good news. And then she starts towing the water, trying to plant this seed of fear in my brain. Um, and... What it really was, 
And this is, it's just an example of something I see in a lot of human beings. I see this across the fucking board. And I, I, as I get older, I take it less and less personal. It doesn't hurt me. And anybody who is listening, who has a relationship with a loved one, or maybe they do this themselves. Maybe you're doing it unknowingly. I don't have blame for you. It's part of the human experience. It is your responsibility not to be a dick. It is your responsibility not to download your shittiness onto other people. It is. So this may be some perspective that can aid. I'm not saying I'm goddamn Jesus Christ. I'm the salvation that my perspective is going to heal you. I'm saying that everybody has answers. And you can find something that could take you to wealth from a homeless person. You understand what the fuck I'm saying? Knowledge is all the goddamn round. Hopefully this helps somebody. What I'm trying to say is that people do this. My mother was not having a bad dream and calling me and trying to download that fear because she's a malicious asshole. Once again, she could have known she was doing it and she could have been unaware. The point of why she was doing what she was doing is because she can't process an initial emotion. I have a family member. She has a first cousin that actually had a son who's 35. He just had a stroke and he passed away. He just had a stroke and he passed away. Now, anybody who understood how to process initial emotions would feel, firstly, the the reaction. And I don't think my mother really feels the reaction. I think she's numb to the reaction because of the life that she's had. And she can only process secondary and third level emotions, reactions to the reaction. So instead of saying, oh, my God, my cousin's son died. I feel so bad for her. I wonder what she's going through. She distances herself. And I even asked, I was like, Ma, did you reach out to Angie? Did you reach out to her to say your condolences? And, you know, this is where the whole thing cracks open. And hopefully, you know, I was being a little bit of a dick about it. But hopefully that my tough love or me not feeding into her self-pity or her fear allows her to snap out of it and recognize that she's not hurting me. You know, I'm mature enough to not care. That she doesn't only hit me, she, she's only hitting me up to download her fucking fear. On, a, on a, any other random goddamn day, she's not going to give a fuck. Tomorrow will be Wednesday. It will be another Wednesday, another mundane Wednesday where massive events, historical events will occur. <laughs> and she will not give a fuck where I am. Uh, as usual, that's the average day. But when she's fearful or when she has anxiety and when she has access to somebody, she will download her own pain onto them. And so hopefully the angle in which I led the conversation allows her to realize, oh, I'm fearful and hesitant in contacting my own cousin and saying my condolences because she didn't even reach out and say, I'm sorry. She gave excuses. Oh, I, I don't want to. I'm going to give them space. And, you know, the list of excuses comes, comes about. Maybe that'll wake her up and allow her to see I have to reach out and be there for somebody else because it's not about me. But instead, the pain of that and in the fear of facing that situation forced her to transmute it in her brain where she was the victim, right? Where something happened to her. I think a lot of people do this. I think a lot of people, even if they see something, I think this is an issue with like uh, uh, high society. I think there's a lot of wealthy people. There's a lot of rich people I saw this video. (laughs) Now, I have a fucked up sense of humor, ladies and gentlemen. I got a fucked up sense of humor. I've had 
really retardedly shitty things happen to me. If I wrote a book, you wouldn't be able to keep up. You would call me a liar by chapter three and there would be 90 chapters. You wouldn't, it would just be a fucking, it would be, it's incredible the things that have happened to me in my goddamn life. You wouldn't believe it. And that has given to me a sense of like hardened um, humor. Like I can see shit that is like really fucking brutal or like humiliating and laugh about it. I saw this video and in no way am I an advocate for anything that's going on in this goddamn video. But if you ever read it and you got two goddamn thumbs, find this bitch. (laughs) There's this guy in San Francisco. He's like a shop owner. And there's this black, he's a white, older white guy. There's this homeless black woman outside of his shop. Granted, I've been to San Francisco. The homeless problem out there is outrageous. It's fucking outrageous. I'm from New York City. I know all about homeless. I know all about homeless. I know homeless up and down. I can smell homeless. I can see homeless from a fucking mile away. But New York homeless people, they're resourceful. New York is a tough place to live if you're rich. So you got to understand that the homeless people, they got to fight for their goddamn money. They'll sing, they'll dance, they'll get on the fucking train station, they'll put on a whole goddamn show, they'll scare people out of their money, they'll rob, they're resourceful. San Francisco, different situation. You see the homeless in San Francisco, uh, a lot of those muscles to be able to sustain themselves, they've atrophied. There's a lot of drugs and I imagine, you know, people who were having fun in the in the 90s, listening to Red Hot Chili Peppers and getting lost in the parallel universe, there was a lot of that going on in San Francisco, <laughs> And so those people, they're kind of just lounging around. <laughs> in California in general, the homelessness is, is pretty interesting. Because it's not, you know, you, you can't call a homeless person in New York lazy. You can call them mentally ill. You can call them bad choices. You can shit on them. You can be an elitist. But you can't call them lazy. There's no, there's no possibility for a homeless person in New York to be lazy. You got to fucking hustle if you're homeless even. In San Francisco, not the same. You know that that's the little preface for the for the you know description of this video. There's this guy. He's a shop owner in San Francisco. If you know San Francisco, it's ridiculously expensive. It teeters from spot one, two, three in most expensive cities in one of the most expensive nations on the planet. There's so much wealth there. It doesn't even fucking make sense. There's nothing to justify it. Everybody lives in these fucking old ass townhouses. It, it, I don't see where the fucking money is, but everybody's loaded and the cost of living is retarded. If you make a hundred grand out there, you're still broke. You know, San Francisco, if this guy's a shop owner, he, op- he has a brick and mortar storefront in San Francisco, in the city, he's probably making a lot of money, probably making a lot of money comparatively to the 99% of broke ass sons of a bitches on the globe. This guy goes out onto his curb right in front of his store and he sees something that is probably fucking his business. <laughs> this is homeless black woman who's chilling on the fucking sidewalk. She has all her shit laid out like she I don't know she has her own storefront parallel to, <laughs> to his. <laughs> and she's selling nothing but, you know, more delusions to herself. You know, it's just trash in front of her, but she thinks she has she thinks she's a merchant. And she's there and the guy fucking he's an asshole. He's a piece of shit. But it's a funny video. He goes and to get this lady away because he's telling her move. She doesn't fucking listen. She's in La La Land, obviously. Obviously. He gets a water hose and he starts spraying his bitch. (laughs) He's just spraying her right in the face. (laughs) Have you ever been one of those fairs and they have the clown that he sits on a chair and he talks shit to the kids? You got to throw the baseball at the little fucking red circle and he dunks in the 
in the water. It's very similar, uh, except she didn't have any punchlines. It was all gibberish. And she was drinking a lot of that water he was spraying at her. Like, she had no training. She had no training to hold her fucking breath. <laughs> She's like, and then right back to gibberish. Very similar sound after he stopped spraying her. And um, <laughs> the point of that story, please go look that up. Um, the point of this story was I try to inspect, you know, I the guy is a piece of shit. He is a piece of shit. But I think the greater analyzation of his personality, beside the fact that he is an inhumane, probably has some, you know, racist tendencies. Um, he's a piece of shit. You know what I mean? He's out of touch. He's spraying down a fucking homeless person. That's not really going to help the situation. He also had a little smirk on his face. The deeper analyzation, if I were to take my biases out of it, is that he can't deal with initial emotions. He can't deal with initial emotions. In the same way my mother texts me and tries to download her fear on me through some cryptic, lucid dream. I think somebody's going to call and there might be something happening to you. Please stay in this suspended state of fear as if something bad is going to happen. She tries to download that fucking shit on my brain when the real issue is she's too fearful to face her cousin who has had a great loss. She can't get out of herself, out of her own bullshit to go and be there for somebody else. That's similar to what that guy's dealing with. He's making money. He's in San Francisco and he can't get out of his bubble to think outside of himself, to look at who he's spraying in the goddamn nostrils. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) He can't do that. He probably has an initial emotion of stress, of there has to be some level of panic. You know what I mean? I don't know how the guy grew up, but he's a hardworking individual. He's making money. He owns property. He has a business. He's in one of the richest cities, in one of the richest countries on the planet. That's a completely different universe than somebody who is obviously mentally tapped the fuck out and trying to sell, you know what I'm saying, candy wrappers on a sidewalk in San Francisco. You understand what I'm saying? Like it's two different universes and he can't leave his universe to see how that makes him feel. And I think that's a big issue. It's like, I imagine when you are very successful and wealthy, it's not like automatically, as you've made all your goddamn money, the problems of the world are your responsibility. But that's how the perception shifts. And it must be some pressure. When you have tons of money or tons of wealth or you're very successful, automatically everybody that has a problem that can see you in their line sight is going to blame you or look at you like you're some type of villain. And that can create a jaded perspective so much so that people who are in those positions, they become blind or incapable of dealing with their initial emotion of like maybe driving through a certain neighborhood and it's a lot of homeless people. And that stresses them out to such a great extent that instead of processing the emotion of, oh my God, I have so fucking much And there are people on this planet that don't have anything. That has to be a tough emotion. Once again, I'm not fucking feeling bad for a rich person. I'm just talking about a true unbiased analyzation of why people do what they do. I have so much and there are people who don't have anything that it's easier to develop the persona of a a villain than to process those painful emotions of maybe a natural survivor's guilt of maybe a natural pressure of, um, you know, how do I balance being selfish 
which is okay. And carving out a life for myself and sustaining myself um, and being prosperous, which is something that's okay. It's not a bad thing to be successful. It's not a bad thing to have a lot. There definitely technology and the resources in this planet are sustainable. I know there's always the fucking fear mongering that there's not enough, that there's scarcity, that there's too many people in the goddamn globe that we need to start killing people off. Okay, that's one frame of mind. I don't fucking buy into that. I think there's more than enough for everybody. Um, values are fucked up. And that's not the responsibility of every successful person. But the pressure gets assigned to anybody who's in the limelight or anybody who has some fucking money. Right? And so there's this division that happens. And instead of that person who's in that position of privilege, recognizing that that makes them feel uncomfortable and dealing with those emotions and learning to become comfortable in that really uncomfortable reality of like, I have a ton and there are people who are fucking going crazy. They rather tap out and start spraying homeless people in the mouth. I don't... He, that guy is just, he has a problem with his initial, I, I know for a lot of people too, they would be like, no, you know, that guy's just a piece of shit. He's racist, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying any of those things are out of the fucking play. I'm just trying to have a deeper take and deeper analyzation of why people do what they do. I think we could all agree. If you take a person and uh, put them in scenario A and put them in scenario B, and scenario A is nothing but luck and prosperity and resources, and you put them in scenario B, and scenario B is nothing but um, obstacles and trauma and pain, The the you know what I'm saying? The odds are going to shift in favor of the person who's in scenario A. Even if they're the same person, if they, we could fucking create a multiverse scenario and really place one individual in one life and then another life... They're obviously outliers in, the, in in that hypothetical, but you guys understand what I'm saying. People have a greater chance, regardless of race, ethnicity, uh, regardless of uh, all the things that stupid people consider to be the reasons for success. You know what I mean? Genetics, all that bullshit, right? Um, the person in scenario A who have more chances and more resources is more likely to succeed. But I think that's the difference. I don't think it has to do with the individual. And so I think if there was a multiverse, if there was a, an, an ability to take those people and role reverse them, and she grew up like he grew up, and he grew up like she grew up, I think there's a probability that she would be spraying that nigga in the mouth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She'd be spraying that nigga's nostrils off, you know? Um, I hope that's clear. I hope everybody gets the fucking point of that. I'm just, you know... I think about it. Is I, I go on into public too, and uh, maybe this is my own way to like reconcile stupidity or reconcile emotional immaturity. But I do think I'm right. I do fucking think I'm right. I said it at the top of the goddamn podcast. I'm arrogant, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna take a sip of my goddamn coffee. It's Tuesday. It's Confidence Day. I'm from Harlem. We gotta be cocky. It's just a that that's a, a prerequisite to survival from where I'm from. You got to have confidence. Um, and I got a lot of it. But I also do just sincerely, unbiasedly think I'm correct about this. You know? This is training for anybody who's listening, man. You go out to public, somebody's shitty, yeah, you could slap them around a little bit. 
You can slap them around, but just understand why they're doing what they're doing. And you get to the root of that. And then people too, like they'll get emotionally mature and intelligent and introspective and even be able to analyze other people's personalities. And they just use it as a fucking weapon. And that's immature as well. It's like, you know, it turns into a game of chess. And it's like, how's that helping society? How's that helping people out? It's like, you know, you guys get it. You guys fucking get it. Um, let's talk about arrogance. I like arrogance. I don't think there's anything wrong with arrogance. You know? <laughs> I went to Hawaii when I was 24 years old. Um, and I'm still an idiot in a lot of ways. So you can imagine 24 years old me. I was just a fucking, I was a moron. I was a fucking moron. And I'm in Hawaii and it's like my first time I got a little bit of fucking money. My first time traveling, really. I didn't travel growing up. I wasn't even in a car. Like I had a real super New York City childhood. Super fucking New York City childhood. The only cars that I was in growing up was taxis because none of my family had a car. None of my family had a car. Most of my family was in the projects. The family I interacted with. I was on trains or I was walking. So I really didn't travel. I didn't really even travel outside of Harlem for a long time. I didn't have like a, a scope on the planet. First time in goddamn Hawaii, just went to Oahu, just went to um, Kauai, where I'm, where in Maui. I'm like, yo, you know, I'm, I'm fucking do my thing. I'm, I'm young. I do the young dickhead move. I'm like, yo, I'm going to break every rule for getting a goddamn tattoo. And I'm going to get a big ass tattoo right before I fly. One sitting, five hours. I was drunk the night before and sunburn, all the bad moves. On top of that, the guy says, what do you want to, what, what, what kind of tattoo do you want? I was like, I want something tribal. And uh, I want you to freestyle it. And the guy was like, listen, man, I could tell you hungover. <laughs> This is going to be on your arm for the rest of your goddamn life. You're not Hawaiian. Please get a little bit more specific so you don't fucking regret this. And I was like, I really want you to embody the concept of arrogance. And then he looked at me. He was like, oh, God, this kid is American. This kid is fucking American. And he did the job. He did the job. He put like a tiki head and the tongue is sticking out. And that's like a sign when they do that fucking dance. You see the guys in the New Zealand basketball team? In the Olympics, they got that great footage online on YouTube when they do that dance and they boom, 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 and they stick their tongues out and shit like they're possessed by some Polynesian Satan. Something like that, right? That's that's their sign for arrogance. Stick the tongue out. It's like a, a sign of vulnerability, primal vom- vulnerability. I'm not fearful. I'm arrogant. I'm prideful, and I wanted that. And I don't have a. I, I stand by that. You know, even though the tattoo is not aging well because I, I was fucking sunburned and hungover. And they did it in one sitting and it's huge. Um, I like that idea. I regretted it initially. And then I went through another threshold of maturity. And I started realizing, I was like, there's nothing wrong with arrogance. Like, what the fuck is wrong? People use these old, antiquated, moral concepts. I don't think arrogance is bad. I don't. I think there are certain qualities that in competition or in the game of life propel you to different heights and they're necessary. And they may even be natural to whatever stage you are in the course of your development. You know, I'm glad when I was 21, 22, 23, that I was retardedly, I'm, I'm a horny person. Don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a ridiculously sexual human being. I'm, you know, I've never had erectile dysfunction in my goddamn life. <laughs> I've never squeezed out a fucking blank. It's just 
I guess it's the Puerto Rican thing. I don't know what it is. But when I was 21, 22, 23, I was especially fucking hot in the pants. And I'm glad it wasn't negative. It wasn't bad. It was right time, right place. I think if you're a young man, you should be cocky. You should be arrogant. I mean, go. don't be delusional about it. Go put the work in. Go put yourself out there. Go humiliate yourself. You know what I'm saying? Go measure yourself up against the competition so you can get reality checks. But you should be confident, you know? And I just, I get curious, like, why we hold on to these, these old moral concepts. Oh, don't be arrogant. You got to be humble. Why? Why? <laughs> why the fuck do I have to be humble? Why? You know? Doesn't make sense to me. It's not like we really culturally adhere to any other, like any of the other old ass moral concepts. Like, remember when vanity was bad? How long a fucking go was that <laughs> where human beings were like, don't be vain. And then camera phones came out. It's fucking over. It's over. <laughs> Vanity is like a, that's like a foundation. Everybody needs to be vain now or you're not getting a goddamn job. You're not getting a goddamn job. If you're an ugly son of a bitch and you don't get, you know, if you're an ugly woman and you don't put makeup on or if you're an ugly ass man and you don't grow a beard out and get a haircut, people will judge you. That will impact your income in 2023. Go look at footage in the 1970s. Everybody was horrific looking. Everybody looked fucking horrible. <laughs> Everybody looked horrific. I don't. It's not a racial thing. It wasn't a weight thing. It would be the guy with a six pack. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The black guy, the white guy, Spanish guy, Native American. They all looked fucking horrific. It was disgusting. And people were, were judged based on their ability and their talent. That's not how it works nowadays. <laughs> It's not how it works nowadays, you know? There's this, this uh, singer that I think she should be way bigger than she is. She did a feature on one of Drake's albums. Her name is Yeba. It's this fat white girl. She's not Adele fat. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, she's cute and she looks elegant and round. No, she's just a fat white girl. She's a fat <laughs> And her voice is ridiculously angelic. She has a voice that will crush your fucking nuts. It's incredible. Her fucking voice is a weapon. It's retarded. I feel like she could be the front line of a fucking battle and start singing on a megaphone and the other side will fucking cream their pants. They would not be able to murder after it. It's just, it's incredible the gift that she has. But she's not bigger than she is because she's big. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. I got, I got hatred for big girls. No, I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> I'm not talking about like this crass bullshit either. Like the overcorrection, the Lizzo's. I hate Lizzo. I will go on record to say that I hate Lizzo. If I was a big, fat woman, I would hate Lizzo too. Because she is just the most patronizing character in the media. It's patronizing. It is fucking patronizing. It's ridiculous. It's like these these uh, personas that people develop when there's oppression for a long fucking time or society tells you you're ugly. And in the second you get let out of the box or there's some type of revolutionary mindset that becomes con like consensus, then that group, they just go fucking crazy. Like, I think there's that problem. There's been that problem with gay people for a long fucking time, for a long fucking time. I still can't understand why if you're a grown ass man with dick and balls, I'm not talking about trans people, I'm talking about grown men and they act like little girls. 
the who you choose to have sex with, that has no fucking association on your personality. That has no association on your personality. Like I preference black women. I'm I'm a Puerto Rican man. I'm not walking around with a fucking do rag. You understand what I'm saying? Like I'm not putting on a character because of my sexual preference. And I think it's like crazy. But it's what happens when you oppress and oppress and oppress. The second that group gets a little bit of like support and freedom, the natural course would be, you know, some type of overexpression of certain characteristics. Um, so it's like with, with like Lizzo, it's like it's ridiculous. Like, what the fuck is she? What, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? She's mildly talented. I think she's nasty on the flute. I give a fucking that. She's nasty on the flute. Even if she came out and she was just who she is and she was like body positive and she played the flute and she sang, I'd be cool with it. I don't like her music. I think it's corny. She has a decent voice and she can play the flute like a son of a bitch, like fucking the Pied Piper. It's incredible. But it's like the over. It's the over of it. I believe Puerto Rican men from where I'm from have been oppressed, right? I believe Puerto Rican men in the projects in New York City have definitely felt oppression. Now, what would I look like if I pulled my dick and balls out and started shaking it in front of crowds? You understand what I'm saying? That's pretty fucking offensive for anybody that's around me. And then if I used the fucking justification that I was oppressed and that I'm just being proud, you know, that's 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 different than arrogance, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's different than fucking arrogance. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, is that the podcast? I think that's going to be the podcast. I just did a whole bunch of fucking personality assessment. You know what I should have? We were talking about like fucking situations. Uh, scenario A, scenario B. If I had a better childhood, maybe that's what I would be. I, I would be in a room somewhere giving somebody professional advice. But that's not where I am. I'm here with you, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm happy I'm here. I'm happy I went through everything I went through. Um, I think that gave me the tools. <laughs> to be the arrogant son of a bitch that you love. And for anybody who does love me, uh, I don't know you, but I love that you love me. I'm not going to say I love you too yet. What I will say, for anybody who's continue listening to the Nothing Important Podcast, I want to thank you sincerely. Continue listening. Do me a favor. Go on to my Instagram. Like the post. Like the reels. Until next time.